Welcome everyone to the Generation Church Podcast. Pastor Stephen here. I'm in South County, Rhode Island, one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. I'm so expectant about how God is going to speak to you right where you are right now to dream again, to not quit, and to truly believe like never before that the best days are ahead. Lean in and enjoy this message. When that table fell over, I was like, glory, God is here. (laughs) Praise God. I think it should be fun. Um, Hello, Generation Church. Thanks for having me here. This is awesome. Um, During worship, I just felt the Holy Spirit moving, and um, next to Ivory, what's your name? Caleb, during worship, I just got prompted to say that God delights in you, and that you don't need to put limits on him. Like, the calling he has on your life isn't dependent on the amount of times you show up at church all dressed nice and do the right thing, and none of that. He's like, I delight in you, you're my son, and I have a huge calling for you, so stop putting limits on me. Um, And I also just want to pray for anyone in here who is worrying about finances, um, Just feel like maybe some of you walked in today worrying about bills and the future, and I just feel like we should pray for that. Is that okay? God, I just thank you for your peace. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in this room moving right now, and I pray for anyone worrying about finances, that they'll surrender those worries to you. In your word, you say, if you take care of the birds in the skies, how could we not trust in you? that you'll take care of us. So I pray that anyone with those worries will just be at peace today. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we're going to start to see miracles when we trust you with our finances. We're going to start to see those miracles come through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I just want to honor Pastor Stephen and Lindsay. Thank you for entrusting me with this microphone. I don't take it lightly. Um, I think it's an honor to just be here in general. It's a beautiful church. Um, So, glory. Jesus, have your way. Speak through me. Amen. And shout out to everyone online watching. I don't know you, but I love you. So, I want you to look at your neighbor today, or look across, or look behind and say, I've got the keys. With a holy attitude, say, I've got the keys. (laughs) Glory. If you're taking notes this morning, which I encourage you to, that's the title of my message, I've Got the Keys. And there's just one thing I need from you today. I just, you know, we're not on Zoom. You're not muted. So, like, your voice would be amazing. Just, you know, give me a so good. Give me an amen. Amen. Even Even if you don't agree, just give me the amen. Like, it helps me, you know. Or like my little brother loves, just give me a yeehaw. No. Glory, I'm embarrassing him. Um, So good. Well, my goal for today is that you leave feeling empowered by the Holy Spirit to take the church outside of these four walls. I just don't think that God wants another group of Sunday morning Christians 
but I think he gathers us here to equip us to go out and to bring light into the darkness. Amen? So it was a year ago after a church service on a Sunday that a friend came up to me. And she said, like the house key, your favorite key is the one that opens doors for others. That you make duplicates for people to experience our God. And with confidence, you have the authority to do so. And when I was preparing for this message, God reminded me of that word she gave me. And I believe that that's what he wants to communicate to all of us today. That he's given us the keys for your own life, but it doesn't stop there. He's given us the keys to open the doors for others who don't know him. And the power to make duplicates to bring people into the presence of God. That's who he is. Not only caring about our families, our futures, our finances, but he cares for our neighbor. He cares for the person that we go to the gym with and work out with or on our sports team. He cares for the stranger walking down the street. And I believe that we go to a new level when we go from looking inwards to looking outwards. When we go from praying, Lord, reveal yourself to me, to Lord, help me reveal yourself to others. Amen? I think it's time for us to step into a new authority and receive a God confidence today. We're called to live a life outside of ourselves. And God empowers us to speak, to walk, to live in the authority given to us through his kingdom. So if you want to go with me to Matthew 16, verse 19, it says, You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. We have the keys. The keys that open the doors to freedom, grace, transformation, and redemption. Maybe you're sitting here thinking to yourself, well, no, nope, not me. That's not me. Not my, <laughs> don't be sorry. Not my personality. Not my, not my thing I, with what I've done. But God says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you, that's right, you, the person next to you and you are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Let's not be so stuck in our comfort zones, our reputations, our busy schedules that those hold more importance than the people around us experiencing the freedom of a loving and gracious God. So how? Talking about the keys of heaven, like how do you expect me to do that? It sounds very spiritual. I, I'm not like that. It's easy. I just want to give you three points today that, to show you how practical it is to receive the keys of heaven and to use them in your everyday lives. Is that Okay. So my first point is consistency. For work, I'm a caretaker for my beautiful aunt who has early onset Alzheimer's, and her name is Seal. Seal's middle name, I do not lie, is consistency. Ever since the doctor told her that she 
like that walking and exercise helps her brain, she does not one, not three, not five, seven miles a day without fail. Nothing will come between her and her miles. Rain or shine, whether she's able to walk around town or on the driveway, she will do seven miles. She is so consistent that nothing can come between them. I just have a feeling that God wants that kind of consistency with us. That nothing can come between our time with him. I swear that one of God's top love languages is quality time. Would you agree? Not just on a Sunday morning, not just wearing our Sunday best and looking the part, but he just wants the real us. In Ephesians 1, 18 to 19, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So what does your quiet time look like? It's that simple. Time seeking and being, just being with him. Time to listen and dwell on his word. He so desires our time with him. No distractions, no facades, just us as we are. And this is where he will enlighten, as it says in Ephesians, the eyes of our hearts. In the secret place with God is where he reveals himself to us. It's what I've found. He wants us to go beyond just church on a Sunday or reading the verse of the day to get it over with. But to be faithful with others, we must be faithful with our relationship with God. So I challenge you this week, switch it up. Whatever you've been doing, try something new. Just give God 10 minutes, just be quiet and listen and see what he does. Because he wants to reveal his heart to you in those times. It doesn't matter if it's in the shower, if it's in the car, if you wake up a little bit earlier or go to bed later, whatever it is, your break at work, wherever you give him the time, he will show up. This place of consistency with God is where he gives you the keys and shows you how to use them. So number one is consistency. Number two, community. So as Pastor Stephen said, I went to a Bible college, and in that college, my first year, I took a class called Spirit-Filled Living. And one day we walk in, and I don't know if any of you like to listen to gospel music, but a gospel song was playing by the one and only Tasha Cobbs. Look her up if you don't know her. She's amazing. And so me and my roommate at the time, Dakota, decided we can't walk into this room and not dance to this song. Like, it's impossible. I don't know if you ever feel like that. Maybe just me. But we tried to get everyone involved, and they weren't budging. So we're like, no worries. We'll just dance ourselves. We're getting crazy. I'm top, I'm top of a speaker. Jump off, run in the aisle, like, trying to get everyone involved. Like, praise God, praise God. Fall, break my foot. Um, and it's just so funny because when, like, as I'm breaking my foot, the, the lyric of the song is, there's a healing in this room with my name on it. And I was like, God, God, now? Or, no, it's fine. It was just funny. Three weeks later, fast forward, and I'm in a chapel service, and every week we would just meet to worship and have a word. And a person I did never, I had never met before came up to me named Ryan, and he said, the Holy Spirit just told me to come pray for your injury. And I was like, praise God. This is amazing. This has never happened to me before. Heal me, Lord. 
So he prays over my foot, and um, miraculously, it is healed. And it, a beautiful story of healing. Beautiful story of healing. But that's not even the point of the story. The point of the story is that Ryan was obedient to the voice of God. He could have thought to himself, God, I do not know her. I don't even know if she has an injury. I'm going to look like a fool. Why would I go up to a stranger and say, can I pray for your injury? He could have hesitated. He could have doubted. But he was just obedient. And because of his obedience, my foot was healed. And it's a crazy story, right? At that time, I was surrounded by people who valued life, who valued obedience to God, who valued encouragement and valued pushing each other forward for the things of God. Imagine if that was our norm in our friend groups, in our communities, at our workplace. Like, imagine if that was the norm for our life, to speak words of life, to bring encouragement, to pray, Lord, give me a word for grace this morning, God. Imagine, like, the crazy stories that would happen in our lives. We don't want to just live ordinary lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live an ordinary life. I want to live a life that has constant testimonies of the goodness of God and the miracles of God, because he's able, but are we willing? 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God enables us to not only feel comforted, but to also be a channel through which he, he comforts others. God enables us to not only feel loved, but to be a channel through which whom he loves others. God enables us to not only feel empowered, but he, to be a channel through, whom, through which whom he empowers others. Through community, we can use our keys to open the doors of heaven. When that's the norm in our, in our life with our fellow, you know, our best friends or believers in our life, when that's the normal, that's exactly what will flow out when we go into the world, when we go into the darkness where we're supposed to be shining a light. Amen? So we've got consistency. We've got community. And my third point is cooperation. We just need to be willing. God wants to work hand-in-hand hand with us to bring heaven to earth. So are you willing to get out of your comfort zone? To be obedient? Because when we're obedient, it unlocks understanding. We might not always have the words to say or, you know, know exactly what to do, but God is with us, and he's faithful to show up when we step out. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. We don't need to have it all together to, before we're used by God. Nowhere in the word of God does it say God expects perfection before he, we can use the keys of heaven, right? I think sometimes we put that on ourselves, but that's not the heart of God. It's just not it. He says, come as you are. And as we love God and we love people as our authentic selves, our messy selves, people will be led to Jesus through us.
So are you willing? He says, here are the keys of heaven. Are you willing? Because use them. Use them. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. So with consistency in our quiet time with God, surrounding ourselves with a life-giving community, and cooperation and willingness with the spirit, we can say, I've got the keys for myself and for others. The dream of God over your life is not that you become a believer and help out the local church. The dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into a hurting humanity. Can I say that one more time? The dream of God over your life is not that you become a believer and help out the local church, even though that's amazing. It's awesome. But he's like, that's not it. That's not all there is. The dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment, spilling contagious hope into a hurting humanity. If that's the kind of life you want to live, you already know Jesus, but you want to go to another level and say yes to living a life that goes beyond yourself, to making duplicates for the keys of heaven for others, I'm just going to give you a chance to respond. So just with eyes closed, just for privacy, this is between you and God, and I just want to pray over you. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in this place, God. Lord, you see us today, Father, and you don't even care what we did last night. You don't care what our past looks like. You are just so happy that we're in your presence right now, Father. And I thank you, Jesus, for every hand lifted, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you anoint them afresh and fill them afresh with your spirit to go out into the world, Lord, to not stay in their limits and their their comfort zones, Father, but to have a God confidence given by you to spread your light, to spread your freedom and show people of your grace, your transformation and your redemption, God. We'll no longer be quiet about what we believe. We'll no longer be timid. And even if we're scared, we'll do it scared. We commit to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to pray one more prayer today. I think it's such an important part of this message. This message isn't just about the keys of heaven or me speaking up here as a guest. It's about Jesus. It's about his role in our life and us giving our lives to him. So maybe you're listening online or maybe you're in this room and you're like, I do not know this Jesus you're talking about. Maybe you grew up in a certain religion or a certain mold or a certain mindset of who God is, but you never realized he's actually a God of freedom. He's a God of grace. He's a God of love. And you want to accept him because lives change when you accept him. In 1 John 4, 9 to 10, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He paid the price. Romans says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So one more time, if you guys can close your eyes.
It's not about the person next to you. It's just about you and God. I want to ask you, do you know this Jesus I'm talking about? Maybe you'd never heard of him, and maybe this morning you feel the, the prompting or the, your heart's beating, and you're like, I want to recommit my life to God. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and as a family, we're going to pray this prayer together. One, two, three. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So repeat after me. Jesus, I believe in you, and I accept you into my heart. Thank you for loving me. I believe that you have a plan and purpose for my life. So use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. Um, if you did make that decision um, after this service, if you go on to the back, I think they have some Bibles for you and Congratulations. This is an amazing moment for you. Yeah. So thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been so fun.